Welcome to the Rural Woman Podcast, a platform for women in agriculture, ranching, homesteading, and more to share their stories. I'm your host, Caitlin Dubin. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Rural Woman Podcast. On today's episode, you're going to hear from Kylie Epperson from Missouri and Whitney Larson from Northwest Kansas. These ladies are farmers, farm wives, farm mamas, and the co-hosts of the Midwest Farm Wives podcast. I'm so happy that they were able to share their stories in agriculture with me here on the Rural Woman podcast, and I'm happy that I was able to share my story in egg on their podcast. So make sure when you finish up here on the Rural Woman podcast, you head on over and check out my interview on the Midwest Farm Wives podcast. Make sure you take a screenshot and tag me when you're listening to both of these podcasts so I can see who's listening and who is loving the shows. Let's get to this week's review of the week. The review of the week comes from You Live 95472 on Apple Podcasts. The five-star review is titled Great Podcast. I have been listening to all the Dairy Month podcasts. Love hearing about the women and what they do on their dairy farms. Great podcast, very informative and fun. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for your kind words. And if you have been loving the Roll Woman podcast and you haven't left a review yet, I'm just wondering what you're waiting for. You could hear your kind words on a future episode of the Roll Woman podcast read in my Canadian accent. Plus, when you leave a rating and review of the show on Apple, it helps others find the show and listen to these inspiring women share their stories. So head on over to iTunes and leave a review of the Rural Women podcast, if you would, pretty please. And without further ado, let's get to today's episode with Kylie and Whitney. Have you been loving the Rural Woman podcast? Are you wondering how you can support the show? Well, friend, I'm happy to announce that I've recently joined Patreon. What is Patreon? Well, it's a membership-based platform that provides a simple way for you to contribute to the Rural Woman podcast every month and get exclusive rewards in return. Memberships start as low as $2 a month. Seriously, that's less than your grande, skinny, extra hot caramel macchiato with whip. Wondering what the rewards are? Well, they include promo codes for Shop Wild Rose Farmer, draws for the Rural Woman podcast merchandise, shoutouts on the show, and more. Your financial support of the Rural Woman podcast will help make it possible for the stories of women in agriculture to continue to be shared. So head on over to wildrosefarmer.com to find out more information about how you can become a patron through Patreon. Whitney, Kylie, how are you? We're good. How are you? I'm doing so good. Kylie, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. Good. I'm so excited to have you ladies on the Rural Woman podcast. Yes, we're excited to be on. It was fun that we're going to be able to do this together. Yes. So (laughs) let's get started. Whitney, tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're from. Okay. So I am a farm wife, farmer, mom, and we live in Northwest Kansas. We are right on the Kansas-Colorado border. So we're way west in Kansas. We farm out here. We don't have any livestock. We do have some cattle, but it's like with his parents, so it's not really ours, I guess. But yeah, we're farmers out in Northwest Kansas, just trying to make it. 
And how did you get your start in agriculture? So my husband, we call ourselves first generation, but he has family history. There just wasn't much room on the farm. There's four brothers, so there wasn't really any room left. He's the baby. So he started out, he bought a ground spray rig and we started out with our spray business. And then we slowly started doing some custom farming and then through the custom farming, made relationships with people and ended up renting the ground that we custom farmed. So that's how we kind of got started with that. So first generation, I like it. So Kylie, tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're from. Okay, thanks. I am Kylie Epperson. I'm from Northeast Missouri. We live right along the Mississippi River, about 30 minutes from there. We farm row crops, and then we also have a fairly sizable hog operation that we diversified in. And I am married to my farmer. And so I suppose I'm also a farmer, farm wife, all those good names. I kind of fall into all categories. Farm mom, that's a cool one. And we have two kids. Rhett and Reese, they're four and two, and they keep us plenty busy when we're not busy with farming. Yeah, that's it. That's how I got into uh, this farm life is just through marriage. So did you have any agricultural experience before you got married? I grew up in a rural town. Rural, isn't that an interesting word? It's a hard word. And I don't think people (laughs) respect it enough that I have to say it like 10 times a day. So... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's a very small community. We grew up about 15 minutes from one another, but it was an ag town. But no, I did not have farm experience before moving down this way. This is a question for both of you. Was becoming a farm wife like the biggest transition you think you've ever gone through? Or do you think being a mother was a harder transition? Mm. Oh, that's a tough one. I'm only asking... I'm only asking because I need to know. (laughs) Not that, you know, this is an announcement or anything, but I need to know these things for future reference. (laughs) I am going to say becoming a farm wife was harder. Now I'm going to tell you that multiple children is where motherhood got hard. One is easy peasy, add two and three, and that's when life gets hectic. But I think becoming a farm wife was a huge transition, especially where I had zero farming background. So I came from a family where we ate supper every single night after basketball practice at 6 p.m. on the dot. We vacationed. We would go to the mountains. We did all sorts of stuff together. And then I got slammed into this lifestyle where I eat supper by myself. And I was lonely when I didn't have a kid. So I would call a lot. And I think he got annoyed that I would call so much. I wanted to go ride all the time. And so, yeah, I think the isolation of becoming a farm wife is way harder than motherhood with the first. And see, I would respectfully disagree. (laughs) I kind of did both at once. We got married and had a kid within like a year. And so that first year was kind of whatever. You don't, you just get through it and it goes by so fast that you don't even know that you're married because you're farming and you're married. And so it goes by really fast. Then we got pregnant and had our son, Rhett, and that was a really hard transition for me. I think one is much harder than two. When Reese came along, that was easy. Like I was a seasoned mother by that point. I knew what to expect. But with just Rhett, it was hard. I had a little touch of the baby blues. And then we had him in August and we started harvest like very next week that after having Rhett. And If you don't know, there's no paternity leave or sick leave in farming. And so you have to just 
buck up and handle it. And so I think I did them both at the same time. And so that maybe made it harder for me. But like, once you get the first eight months under your belt of having a kid, I feel like that's the hardest time is the like first six to eight months. And then it's like, well, that's fine. They'll be fine. These are all good things to know, ladies. Thank you for sharing that (laughs) (laughs) with my very impromptu question. (laughs) So Whitney, what crops do you guys raise on your operation? Okay. I feel like Kylie did it. So I better introduce my husband is Bart. Hmm. And then we have Bodie, Layton, and Rowdy are our three kids. So Bart and I, we row crop, farm, wheat, milo, which is like grain sorghum. I don't know what you guys call it. And then corn. And this year we also grew some triticale for a local dairy. And so that went pretty okay. We probably won't do it again. It didn't profit as well as we had thought. So we do that. And then at home, I garden and the kids and I, we raise three butcher pigs every spring for us to eat. And yeah, that's kind of our little deal. I really envied your garden, actually. I think I envy any like a farmer or farm wife's garden because I do not have a green thumb. I started mm-hmm. growing some lettuce this year and it unfortunately died while I took a weekend trip to go visit Annabelle in Montana. So <laughs> that didn't last for me. But Kylie, what do you guys grow on your operation? Well, I want to piggyback and say I also have the blackest thumb in my family. And so we can grow a great stand of corn in the field, but Jordan and I have tried to grow sweet corn in our backyard and oh my gosh, what a disaster. So I understand. I relate. We grow corn and soybeans. Those are the only two row crops that we raise. We 50-50 about all of that. We have, we really try to rotate crops every year. And so corn and soybeans. And then as I mentioned, we have a 1200 head farrow to finish operation that is owned by our family. We own the hogs we grow for ourselves, and then we sell them at market. And then in the 2015, we built a 5,600 farrow to wean facility, a sow unit. And so we have lots of little piggies and big piggies and all sizes running around. Tell me a little bit more about that building that you guys built. It's, It's pretty high tech from what I've seen on Instagram. It is. Yes. Thank you for asking. It is fitting a niche market. And so we found a contract with a company out of Iowa that produces antibiotic. I don't even know what the right term is raised without antibiotics, no antibiotics ever, whatever that like phrase is now, cause they change it often. It produces that type of a, an animal in turnaround farrowing crates. So when they're in the farrowing crate after, I think it's 72 hours, you can open the crate up and the sow is free to turn around. It also has open pin gestation and it has electronic sow feeders. So the sows will enter the feeder. They have an ear tag that's very much high tech. It reads it. It puts down their specific amount of feed. So if she's getting too skinny or too heavy, you can adjust her feed by her own individual tag, which is really cool. So that's, there's so much more I could talk for days, but that's kind of the niche of it. It's a very like specialty barn. It is. I feel like I need one of those tags for me Mm -hmm. (laughs) when I get too big or too skinny. Yeah. (laughs) Stop eating. I think that is a great idea. And I think you should market that, Whitney. (laughs) (laughs) Like it won't open your refrigerator or your cabinets if you come too close. I like it. It'll shock you if you grab anything, carrots or an apple. I love it. So tell me what your typical day looks like for you on your farm, Whitney. 
Oh my gosh, this drives Kylie nuts because she's super planner and needs to know everything in her life. And I am going to be honest, when when our alarm goes off in the morning, we'll roll out of bed and I just say, what's the plan today? Because truly, I never know what I'm doing. So when I try to plan things, I have to make sure that he's aware that I have something going on. Like this morning, I said, what's the plan today? Well, we're going to start cutting. I said, okay, well, I need to not be there till like 9.30 or 10. Okay, well, just when you're done, come. And so I never know what I'm doing, but typical day is get up, ask him what's up. You know how it is, the gophering. We never know when we have to go and do that stuff. Take care of kids, keep them alive. My life is pretty simple, but really busy all at the same time. It's confusing, but very unplanned. (laughs) And Kylie, you are the exact opposite of that. (laughs) Is that what I'm getting from what Whitney said? (laughs) Clearly, that is exactly the opposite. Yes, I am very much. I don't want to plan down to the minute, but I like to know before we go into the day what's going on. So the night before, I'll ask for like the next couple of days. And you guys both know nothing ever goes as planned around here. So I am open to change. I am open to like plans changing at the last minute. But I work three days a week, three to four days a week at our office. I do our book work for our farm alongside my mother-in-law. So that keeps us really busy between the hogs and the row crops and all of the things we have going on. And then also, like you guys said, we're gophers. We kind of do it all. I'm a food preparer for the field. Right now we're in the heat season of harvest and just kind of all the things like domestic stuff, housekeeping, you know, knock on the door. Can I fluff your pillow? That's me at my house. (laughs) So take care of kids, all the things. And then when I'm off, I usually hang out with the kids, catch up on house chores, like I said. And so it's it's a nice balance. I do think maybe I say where I'm a stay at home mom. Maybe that's why my life isn't as planned. I think if I had to go to a job, I would be a more planned person. I can agree with that. When I had a job while I lived on the farm, I was very much more like I had to plan. I needed to know where things are. But then when I quit my full-time job, that's when I kind of got to like ease out of the super planner. Everything had to be in the calendar and written down somewhere. So I feel like I'm a mix between the both of you. So (laughs) there you go. (laughs) Hey, all we'll get right back to our episode after a word from our sponsor. Nestled in the tree-filled mountains by Kootenai Lake in Nelson, British Columbia, K. Alskin Naturals was founded in 2013 by owner Leah. KL Skin Naturals is known for their award-winning natural deodorant that I have personally been using since early 2017, and I can tell you from personal experience, it passes the farming test. You know what I'm talking about. I feel good knowing that the deodorant that I'm using is free from harsh chemicals and scents. All of their products are produced by hand from the very first measure to the very last label. Each recipe was worked, researched, perfected, and tested on family and friends who all agree that there's something unique to be offered in the effective products that Leah is making. Listeners of the Rural Woman podcast can save 10% off their order with promo code WILDROSE10. So head on over to klskindeodorant.com to choose from their wide selection of clean scented natural deodorants, plus other natural skincare products such as fresh aloe skin cream, foot butters, and more. And now back to our episode. Do you miss anything about your city lives before becoming farm wives? I'm going to say what I miss, and it's only because I'm an extrovert. 
is socialization in town or being able to run to Walmart really quick, which is absolutely not possible here. We're 45 minutes from one. But I love being in the country and out here, like everything about this. But I really miss being able to be social, like easier for us. Like if we want to go do something, it's 15 miles to town by the time you pack up kids and everything. So I think if we lived in town, it'd be easier to have your friendships be more, I don't know, like bonded or be able to do something quicker at the drop of a hat. I think I would probably have more of a social life if I was a town girl again. What about you, Kylie? I always lived in the country, but I did work as a teacher before I came back to work on the farm. And so I do agree the socialization part of not working on the farm. I do miss that. It's a great life that we live. And I think that's why we all and and even just the three of us that we're talking here develop such a a strong social media platform is because we want to connect with people who are like us and like minded. And we do live so remotely, we live so far out. And it's not easy to make that time to meet with other farmers or your friends that aren't farmers. It just takes so much effort. which you want to put into your friendships, but sometimes you just don't have the time or the, you know, energy to do it. And so I do miss having the connections at work or at school when I was in school, because it does take a lot more work now that I'm solely working on the farm. I agree. And do you think that your friendships changed when you became farmers? Absolutely. I feel like there's only, and we have a really great set of friends right now, that understand our big time. We just can't hang out. We can still text and stuff. But I do think that being a farm wife and farmer's friend is probably a hard job. It's probably hard to be friends with us just because we're not there all the time. Yeah, I agree. I think my friendships completely changed when I moved out here. And we're only about 25 minutes from where I grew up my whole life. But seeing my friends. Like last night, I was able to get to town and hang out with my best friend that I haven't seen physically in two months. And it's really hard. Like it's super isolating. And I think finding friends that are farmers is super hard, right? Like I think finding friends as an adult is probably one of the hardest (laughs) things. And I don't think people talk about it enough. Like, (laughs) yeah, like, how do you find friends? Well, we find them on social media, but I'm not sure. What do you think, Kylie? That's the tough one. I still have a lot of my hometown friends and we still have a really core group that I grew up with and went, you know, through college with. We stayed friends, but in the same breath, as our lives expand and we are adults, we have kids, we have our own careers, we have our own things that we have to do. It eliminates that time for freedom. Like I kind of mentioned that. And so I think they change not necessarily because we're farmers, just because we're growing up. Our interests change. Some friends have kids. Some friends don't. Some friends don't understand the like, I mean, most all of my friends have kids at this point, but it just is a cycle of life. And I do think farming probably makes that harder. We have some farming friends, but in our area, there's not a lot our age. So yeah, it definitely makes it harder. But I also think it's a season of life. Very wise, Kylie. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) So you ladies have met through social media, as I have met you through social media. So we're going to get into more of what you two are doing together through social media and the internet a little bit later. But why don't you both tell me why you started to start sharing your story of agriculture online in the first place? 
So for me, after I had Layton, I had baby blues really bad. And it was one of those seasons, it was harvest, and I hadn't had any friends around for a while. And I just thought, I'd always had Instagram, but never really used it. And I just thought, I'm just going to blog. I'm going to blog our life, kind of like a diary, almost for myself to just talk and make the connections. I don't really know how to explain that, but I was in a very isolated time with those baby blues and I just felt like sharing my life would maybe make me feel less isolated, if that makes sense. So I started doing it that way and then the connections I made and farm wives I met, amazing people, I just continued to do more and more and finally got out of my shell and realized that if I started sharing more of the real stuff that it might make someone else where I was in that position, feel less of what I felt. And so that's why I started doing it. I would agree with you, Whitney. I think it takes me a second to like form my thoughts after listening because Whitney gave such a good answer. It's the same thing. I like to share our farm story first. That's kind of where I went at the beginning because I do firmly believe in how we do things. And I think there's a lot of other ways to do things as well. But it's that group of people who don't understand farming at all that I was trying to target through our farm page on Facebook. And so then it just kind of trickled into the Instagram. And then I had an audience that was really outside of agriculture to start with. And then from there, as I just started sharing, I got some interest of like, wow, I had no idea. I live you know, five minutes from you, but I had no idea that that's what you guys were doing. And it just built on each other, each comment and each idea that I had to share, it just continued to build. And then I met Whitney. And ever since we started our podcast, I feel like our social media platforms have really taken off even more. And so what do you think some of the biggest challenges you both have faced sharing your stories online? Absolutely. Judgment was the first one for me. And I would say that the people that judged me were the people close to me. Like in the back of my head, whenever I would post, because I was posting such real stuff, it was like, oh my gosh, what is my mom going to think about that? Or my sister or the girls in town. And I finally just had to get over that, that judgment and feeling shamed and all of that. It's going to hold you back in life if that's all you worry about. And so I finally one day just gave myself a pep talk and decided that I wasn't going to care about that anymore because that truly was why I was not sharing a hundred percent my real life. I think for me, it's like the backlash of social media because it's so open. And, you know, once you make that story public, like once you make your profile public, everybody can see it. And so I'm proud to share how we do ag and how we live life. But there is always those people, those trolls, those, those ones who ruin it for everyone and, and make you feel bad about how you live your life. So kind of the same thing, kind of shaming. I wasn't as much concerned about people around me, what they think. I'm just kind of one of those personalities, but in the same breath, it is that idea that someone else is openly judging you because you're offering up your true self. So that, that kind of stinks. Absolutely. And I know Whitney and I have talked about this before, but doing things differently from one another isn't necessarily a bad thing. Mm -hmm. um, there's different ways to do everything and not one way is right and one way wrong. It's just, and I think sharing our stories, we're able to share our real and we're also able to teach people things if they're willing to learn. So yeah, I think the judgments and the trolls and that kind of stuff, like that was definitely one thing that scared me when I started. And even this podcast, it's 
I'm an organic farmer. I've been asked, why don't I only interview organic farmers? Because I know that's not the only way of doing things. And I'm open and willing to learn about what other people do. And I hope they're the same for me. I hope they're open and willing to learn what we do here on our operation and how we live our lives. So let's get past the haters. Hey, have you been over to shop Wild Rose Farmer lately? There are so many new great t-shirts, tank tops, stickers, and more. There's even official Rural Woman podcast gear now, including great t-shirts and hats. Feel good knowing when you're shopping on Shop Wild Rose Farmer, you directly support the Rural Woman podcast. And don't forget, members of the Wild Rose Farmer community save 20% off their first purchase. So head on over to wildrosefarmer.com for all of the details. And happy shopping, y'all! What has been the most (laughs) rewarding part for you guys of sharing your stories online? I think the most rewarding part for me is just the community that we're building and the positive. I honestly, getting the comments from the podcast, especially, we get messages all the time. We're not like flooded. I'm not trying to be like, oh, we have, you know, 100 messages waiting for us in the morning. No, but we get consistent messages saying what you said on the podcast really hit home with me. I'm in that exact same season of life. Wow, why didn't I have this 10 years ago when I had young kids? And those messages are beyond humbling. And it makes me want to just almost tear up and have a moment because it makes you feel so good to know that because you shared something that happened to you, maybe it was good, bad, otherwise, someone else out there is listening and they're feeling reassured with their life. Like they know that other people are having the same days as them. And so I really like that. That makes me feel, it fills my cup. So good. Okay. So I would agree with Kylie a hundred percent with that. I think that getting those messages just reassures that what we're doing by sharing our story is making someone else feel less isolated. And that is a hundred percent. I am a total giver in life. I love to give. And so knowing that someone else is feeling better because of me sharing something silly, like yelling at my kids or something, that makes me feel really good that I'm helping someone else feel like it's okay. Well, and just we live an isolating life, like knowing that we're not alone and that this isn't the first time this has happened to us. Like, I know, like I didn't grow up in a family of farmers. I have a few that are. But for me, it wasn't the same, like living this lifestyle was completely new for me. I didn't have any, really any examples of what I should be doing as a wife. I, of course, had my mother-in-law, but we like we live completely different lives, like even though we were on the same farm doing the same thing. I do different things on this farm that she did. And again, not saying either right or wrong, but I just didn't have these examples growing up of what I was supposed to be doing. So I was the person Google searching when I got married, like, what is a farm wife supposed to do? Because I had not a clue. So I think by us sharing our stories, we help new farm wives, but also we can relate and learn from the veteran farm wives. Right. And there's so many different aspects of a farm wife too. You know, you talk about doing things differently. Kylie and I are super different in our farm, but we're both super needed in what we're doing. And what we're doing is important in both operations, even though it's so different. Right. So we talked about it a little bit, but let's talk about the Midwest Farm Wives podcast. How many episodes have you guys done now? Nine? Correct. Yep. 
that's crazy. I feel like you just started. (laughs) (laughs) It seems that way. We release twice a month or every two weeks is really probably a better answer every other Monday. And it seems like we've just recorded and then we're like, oh gosh, okay, well, we need to record again because it's, you know, release day is tomorrow. And you wouldn't think that would be too hard to schedule, but it is, it proves to be challenging at time between our like Whitney and the tractor and me at work with meetings and kids and yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) So for my listeners who maybe haven't heard of your podcast before, can you give them a brief overview of what the Midwest Farm Wives podcast is all about? It is a Farm Wives Real Talk, Whitney and I chatting about anything and everything under the sun that we deal with on a day-to-day basis. And we call it the Midwest Farm Wives because that's just where we're from, but it really applies to any female that is in the ag industry and has a husband. I mean, you could be the farmer as a female and you have a husband and you're still going to relate or a wife, I suppose. You're still going to relate to us if you have someone else that you rely on and you have to help take care of. Because let's be real, we take care of our husbands. You will relate to anything that we talk about. And so we just are building a community where people can listen and learn about us, but more importantly, learn about the lifestyle that we live and kind of remove that isolating feeling. Whitney, do you have anything to add? Well, I will say that, you know, it's Midwest Farm Wives, and I'm sure that's kind of, I don't know, it can turn off a guy from listening to it, but we've had a lot of men listen to, and they have messaged and said that they never knew their wives felt that way. So they've continued to listen with us. And so that's kind of humbling as well to know that men didn't know that we felt that way. Maybe I should download it on my husband's phone. (laughs) (laughs) Say, hey, honey, listen to this. It's like free marital counseling. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. (laughs) Ladies, what would you tell somebody looking to start sharing their story online, whether it's through social media or starting a blog or even starting a podcast? I just talked to a friend yesterday and she's like, how are you growing your Instagram and how are you starting that? And it just takes that first step of courage, like that first jump in all authentic you. And I think if you be consistent and again, you are authentic to yourself and you continue to try and reach out and connect with others, I think that you can build anything that you want, whether that be a business or that be a social media platform. I don't really have a good answer other than just do it. I agree. Jump in with both feet and don't look back. That's kind of how it was with our podcast. I just one day I'm like, you know, I have been thinking about a podcast forever. I just need to do it. And the only thing that was holding me back was fear. Fear is the only thing that ever holds any of us back. And so I think once you burst through that and just jump in and start sharing, you'll feel so much better and less alone because of the message you'll receive. 100%. I agree with both of you. Okay. My final last question to ask both of you, what do you think is the most rewarding part about being a farmer? Caitlin, you don't know it yet, but raising your kids on a farm is the best thing ever. I would agree with that. That was going to be my answer. (laughs) Yeah. We get to bring Rhett and Reese to work when we can. And we can go when we are missing Jordan because it's busy or something's going on. We have that flexibility to take our kids with us. They're going to learn about the cycle of life at a young age just because that's reality. And I appreciate that. And I think my kids will appreciate that when they're older. Hard work. Like my kids will not be the ones who you have to 
asked to do things because they're going to be polite. And I, I think that just comes with being raised on a farm. I don't know. Yeah. And I would add to that. So growing up in town, I literally never ever asked where food came from. My mom just went to the freezer, active hamburger, and that's what we ate. And so for me, I mean, like doing our butcher pigs and stuff, I think it's amazing that they can see how our food is made, get it to our home. And I think that's a super important aspect for anyone, but especially for kids to wrap their little minds around it. I think that's super humbling. Also owning your own business and the good and the bad that comes with all of that. I definitely think the good outweighs the bad most of the time. So owning your own business and having that say in your life is also a super plus. I think people forget that farming is a business. Like for people outside of agriculture, they just think like, oh, you get to drive around in tractors and like grow corn and whatever. But no, it's actually a business. This is what we do to feed our families and our put food on our table and also feed others. But yeah, I think it's that's one of the things that is forgotten about a lot is that farming is actually a business. There's a really good ad. I don't even know who the ad is by that I heard on the radio. And it said engineer, teacher, mechanic, bookkeeper, secretary, um, personal assistant. It had all of these lists of professions. And then it said like the farmer, like all of these are your farmers because it encompasses, you have to have so many skills to be a farmer. And then on the flip side of it, your whole bookwork and everything is run very tightly like a business. And I agree with you. I think that's a big misconception. And that's one reason that I like to talk about our farm is just because it is a business and people forget that. And there's so many things that go into it. Mm -hmm. Well, so many things and so many people. And I'm just so happy that I have connected with both of you through the power of social media and that you guys continue to share your stories and egg and motherhood and being a wife and all of the good things. So thank you so much for joining me here on the Rural Woman podcast today. I am so happy that we were able to chat. Thank, thank you. you very much for having us. Yeah. Yes, thanks. So for the listeners who would like to connect with you after the show, where can they find you online? You can find our podcast, the Midwest Farm Wives Podcast. Actually, there's no the, so just Midwest Farm Wives Podcast. And then I am at the Grateful Farm Wife on Instagram. And I am at Farm Wife Guru and then farmwifeguru.com. Awesome. I will make sure to put those in the show notes so people can find you and connect with you. Thanks so much, Kayla. Thanks, ladies. Thanks for listening to the Rural Woman Podcast. For show notes, head on over to wildrosefarmer.com. You can stay connected with me on Instagram at wildrosefarmer. If you love the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Plus, share it with a friend. We'll see you next time.